The peace of Christ be with you. As we gather today in worship, I invite you to take three deep breaths, and in doing so, allow your awareness to expand, that you might recognize the presence of the Spirit here and now. Friends, let us worship the living God. join me in the call to worship. We have wandered in the wilderness. We long to be found. We have suffered isolation. We rejoice in community. We have laid our heads upon stone. Find us in our dreams. Let's join together now in our opening hymn, God is here. Oh 
platform you've found us on, welcome. If you're watching us or listening to us even in the future, welcome from the past. Hello. As a quick reminder, we recently have changed some of the offerings of our Sunday morning worship. We are now worshiping at 8.30 on YouTube. If you prefer getting up a little earlier and starting your day in that way, of course, our 10 a.m. live stream uh, Facebook worship continues more active uh, commenting place there and of course you can still find us on all the pod podcasting channels uh, and these worship services are available even on into the future now would you please join me in our community prayer you reveal yourself to us and yet sometimes we do not see we have been told heaven is far off and you are distant even when experience sometimes argues otherwise. Help us to see your nearness, to recognize your presence for what it is. Forgive us for speaking in ways that keep others from hearing valid, from feeling valid in their experience of you, or for acting as if we have a monopoly on you. Restore the ladder between us and make the way between heaven and earth accessible. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Ever-present God, you walk with us through good times and bad, mountaintop and valley deep. Your footsteps are our guide. Your hands are our support. 
We trust in your forgiveness that you have removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. We have knocked and are grateful that you opened the door. Open our hearts and minds to your spirit. May this time together cause us to grow in love for you and for others. We pray in your son's name for his sake. Amen. This is the third Sunday of July, which means it's our birthday blessing Sunday. If you have a July birthday, happy birthday to you. My nephew's birthday happens to be this week. He's going to be two years old. Happy birthday to all of you with birthdays in July. I want to share with you a couple of poems from this book, it's Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein. This has a publication date of 1974, and this book is so old, I think I've had it just about that long. Yellowing pages, torn in a couple places, but still a classic. I'd actually forgotten that I owned this book, but a few days ago, I was sitting at home doing some work in our office space, and I hear these peals of laughter coming from the other room. It's my son, and he's just cracking up. I couldn't figure out what he was laughing at. At first, I thought he was certainly watching a YouTube video, which he likes to do, and finding something funny. But I went into his bedroom to investigate, and it turns out he's reading this book. This book, which has been collecting dust on our shelf. I don't remember the last time we've picked it up, but during shelter-in-place time, you know, you find things that you didn't know you had. And he was reading this and just finding it hilarious. And the great part about Shel Silverstein's poetry is it's just... Uh, it's funny, it's just, I, I want to use the word random, but it's not that random, it's whimsical, I think is the better word. Let me read you just a couple. His drawings are great too. For example, the tree house. A tree house, a free house, a secret you and me house. A high up in the leafy branches, cozy as can be house. A street house, a neat house, be sure and wipe your feet house, is not my kind of house at all. Let's go live in a treehouse. Just fun, right? Just fun. Here's another one. This one, you have to see the illustration, which is up on your screen. Please do not make fun of me, and please don't laugh. It isn't easy to write a poem on the neck of a running giraffe. Now, I share these with you for this Birthday Blessing Sunday because I know during these last few months there has often not been a lot of time for whimsy or for laughter or for fun. It's been hard. It's been heavy. Uh, but my son's laughter the other day just reminded me of the importance of laughter, of the importance of fun. So I hope these poems maybe just brought a small smile to your face. And my prayer for you during this next year of your life is that you may have some fun. That's not to say that our problems will magically go away. That's not to say that we shouldn't be serious when the time calls for it. But find some time for fun for laughter, for joy, for whimsy. May it be so. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you. May God give you peace on your birthday and throughout the year. Amen. Hello, everybody. I'm Ben, if you didn't know, but most you probably did. Um, I've been doing some Sunday school lessons with my mom. You can find those on YouTube. But today I'm going to be doing the time of discovery. 
So today in Sunday school, you're gonna learn about kindness. It's a really good video because you know I'm in it. And I, um, when I think of kindness, I remember this story that my first grade teacher told me. So I'll give you a brief version of it. So everyone has this bucket, a bucket of kindness. And you can fill up your bucket with kindness by being nice to people. So if you see someone that's by their, by themselves and on the playground and you go play with them, then both your buckets get filled because you're both benefiting and being kind. But there are some people like bullies who are um, bucket dippers, which means they take out of your bucket. And no one really likes them. So all the kindness that's in your bucket, when you get bullied, then your bucket gets taken out of. And so does theirs because they're not being very kind. But the people that can stop these bucket dippers are called people who put the lid on. There's no real term for them, I don't think. But they put a lid on your bucket and they stop the bucket dipping. So if someone's being mean to you, you have a friend or someone who's watching, they can put a lid on your bucket and stop the meanness. And sometimes that will fill up both your buckets because they're being kind. So whenever I think of kindness, I just think of that little story. And I hope you liked it. Hello, Westminster. Um, this is the Adkins family. It's uh, down there on the end in the red is Sam. Then my mom, Rachel. Uh, here's Maria, uh, my sister, my dad, uh, Rob. Thank and then you. Yeah, and then I'm Wilson, uh, clearly the coolest one in the family. Um, uh, but we, we've been uh, doing a lot of fun things to um, stay uh, bored free and um, just have a good time during quarantine um, and make the best of it. Um, and yeah, we're kind of here to share that with you guys. Um, so um, let's get right into it. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, I'm getting a lot of stares. Um, <laughs> So I uh, started a YouTube channel where I do a lot of intros like that, except, um, you know, rehearsed. Um, and um, I make some cool videos for my friends and for people to just watch um, and have a good time. Um, I, I, I've had a lot of fun in the past few weeks making those videos. And um, yeah, uh, hopefully I'll gain some more success in the future. On to my father. Roberto. Roberto. Um, one of the upsides, I guess, of us being at home a lot more is that I've been staring out uh, the window and noticing that our plum tree uh, has a lot of plums on it. And I guess I'd never noticed before that all the plums get ripe at the same time and all fall off in one week, um, more than any human being could ever eat. And so one of the things we've done uh, during the last few uh, weeks of while we're sheltering in place is We've taken all those plums, and instead of letting them go to waste, uh, Maria and I have made plum jam. Can't quite see it, but it says homemade green eggs and jam on this label uh, by Maria and Rob. Um, so we boiled up all those plums and made a, a strangely large amount of plum jam, which hopefully we can share with everybody whenever we're able to come back to the service in person. But it's been really fun. All right, so... Um, for me, in addition to watching a lot of Netflix and playing The Sims, I've also been doing some volunteering for 
Bridge the Gap College Prep. They have a summer Zoom program. So um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I log on and read with some kids and we have a good time. It's the best part of my day. Great. And we have some joyful news from our extended family. Last week, uh, my niece and her husband welcomed their first son, Callan James. And this is the first child of the next generation. So we're really excited and um, can't wait to meet the little guy whenever conditions improve. Hope to see you all soon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. It's so good to catch up with the Atkins family. Um, glad you're, I guess, finding ways to enjoy the boredom. That's what it's all about right now, isn't it? Um, wanna, there are many joys and concerns that we have to share today, of which we'll get to. I can't help but share one from our own family. Jen's parents just celebrated their 50th anniversary. Uh, so that was a huge joy for us. And we take this time to really celebrate with each other. Um, I know for myself, reading even the words that you've offered uh, in comment boxes here, whether it's joy or concern, I, I feel some of that along with you. So as we move into a time of joys and concerns, you're always encouraged to use the comment box to type whatever reflections you're having. Uh, of course, if you just want to keep that to yourself, you have always been welcome and continue to be welcome to do that and encouraged to do so. If you just want to share it verbally with the people that are sitting on the couch with you right now, that is, of course, wonderful as well. We want to enter into a time of prayer at this time uh, as a community. So I will give some prompts. And as I said, if you would like, you can type your reflection there. If not, that's okay too. So would you join me in, in prayer now? May we be still, O God, our God. May we be made aware of the following. O oh God, our God, what is in your heart? O oh God, our God, where is your spirit leading us? O oh God, our God, help us to listen and learn from these people, places, and things. O oh God, our God, fill our lives with wisdom, fill us with hope, because we are so grateful for And please meet these needs of these people and places that are close to our hearts.
Thank you for how you meet us, O oh God. We pray as your Son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Our first scripture reading this morning is Selections from Psalm 139. And since all of our psalms are actually songs, I wanted to sing the psalm for you this morning. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You discern my thoughts and search out my path and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, oh Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in, you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge I can't attain. is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. The second reading comes from the book of Genesis, the 28th chapter, verses 10 to 19a, the first half of verse 19. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us this morning. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth, the top of it reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside Jacob and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham your father, and the God of Isaac, 
the land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall, your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. And you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I'm with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Truly the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning, and he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel. Friends, this is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. Last week, during a few staycation days, I spent some time lying on a hammock strung between two trees behind our home. It gave me the most beautiful view up through the branches at the sky. If you haven't done this in a while, I recommend it. I trust at some point, perhaps as a child, you spent time looking up through the branches of a tree Take it as a prescription if that makes it more legitimate for you. We're supposed to be listening to doctors these days. Okay, I don't have that kind of doctorate. But trust me, it's for your own good. There's something about looking up at the sky. You know, in the biblical languages, the same word is used for sky and heaven, or usually heavens, plural. It's, it's something about that experience feels transcendent to us. We look up at the heavens, we look up at the sky when we want to see something greater, want to feel connected to something bigger and beyond. Don't think I don't notice in here from time to time, you all looking up at the beautiful architecture of this ceiling, doing its job, if you ask me. There's a reason churches have steeples pointing upward toward the sky. There is something in us that wants to bridge heaven and earth. Well, that image of bridging heaven and earth was in me when I returned to work and set my sights on this week's sermon. And lo and behold, what is the text that was before me but this story of Jacob lying down and seeing a ladder stretch from heaven and earth. You cannot make this stuff up. Now, there are three things about this story that I want to lift up in light of our reality today. The first is, notice that Jacob has to use a stone for his pillow. Now, our sojourn in the midst of this pandemic may not feel 
much like one where we're trapped outside, when in fact many of us feel trapped in our homes, but a journey we are on nonetheless. And I don't know about you, but to me sometimes it feels like we have to try and rest while lying on top of stones. You might have a pillow at home that's softer than that, but I'm not sure your reality is all that soft this day. Secondly, Jacob has his insight from God, his vision in dream space, in dream time. Now, we don't take our dreams that seriously in this culture. Some do, and at other times, maybe more did. But this space for dreaming uh, just mere space for resting and reflecting are so important. We treat them as luxuries here. We deem them as actual uh, markers of weakness in our culture, with it, which is deeply sick because they're actually vitally important to the moral imagination, to the creative spirit, to a healthy body, which makes for a healthy soul and healthy mind. If you just take the scripture seriously, you will note how many times God speaks to the dream. Have you ever kept a dream journal? You might be surprised of what you might find, of what might emerge. Third, and probably most important for our present reality, notice who's on the ladder. It's the angels descending from heaven and earth, perhaps delivering those dream messages. But that constant stream of connection, we don't take angels seriously in this culture either, in this tradition at least. I just ordered a book for some upcoming study time I've set aside. And it's on angels, and it's written by a scientist and a theologian. And what the description says is that both fields share one thing, an embarrassment of the subject. Have you ever met an angel? Have you ever talked about it? Notice who's not on the ladder. God. And where's God? Not in heaven which is what we've been taught, which is how we pray, which may be how we live. No, God is firmly planted on earth next to Jacob. That's powerful. So often we've assumed God is only in heaven or we've acted as if God only exists in the text, but the biblical text spends all of its time trying to convince us that God is here. Did you listen to that psalm earlier? That psalm which is a favorite of so many. I knew you were before you were born. Where can I go from your presence? You are everywhere, you hem me in. If I make my bed even in the depths of death, there you are. There is nowhere I can go to flee from your presence. Do we believe that? 
If we believe that, we would start to see this whole world as a temple. We would start building monuments as did Jacob uh, altars everywhere. In her book aptly titled An Altar in the World, priest and professor and author Barbara Brown Taylor writes this. She says, people encounter God under shady oak trees, on river banks, at the tops of mountains, in long stretches of barren wilderness. When people want to know more about God, the Son of God tells them to pay attention to the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, to women needing bread and to workers lining up for their pay. Whoever wrote this stuff, stuff meaning scripture, believed that people could learn as much about the ways of God from paying attention to the world as they could from paying attention to scripture. Do we believe that? I believe we need to relearn it, that somewhere along the way we forgot it. And now we don't trust it, and it's deep in our tradition not to trust it. We don't trust experience. But you know, every good teaching, every doctrine, and every dogma was born out of someone's experience at some point. If I asked the question, where did you see God? Many of us would grow quickly uncomfortable by those who answered too quickly. And we've seen what happens when the rogue individual claims direct access to God and exerts all kinds of strange control and manipulation over people. I share that kind of concern. But religious communities exist to prevent, uh, prevent precisely that. That's been our check from the beginning as we do spirituality and community so that we can rein in someone who goes too far afield. If I asked, where did you see God? I fear many would have no answer at all. And that's equally as concerning. We have to cultivate and learn again to pay attention in a way that recognizes the sacred in our midst and to mark it when we do to build altars in the world. What if we lived with the same kind of intention and attention paid to our lived experience, seeking the presence of the sacred in our midst. As we do the study of any sacred texts or any source of wisdom that we claim. I wonder what peace and clarity we would find for ourselves. Couldn't we use those right now? I mean, how deep into this thing are we? It's been months now. When I first took notes for this sermon, it was just as the pandemic began. I was doing my yearly worship planning, and I assumed, by the, what I wrote, that we would be looking back on the pandemic by now. And what are we in the middle? If we're lucky? Feeling as though maybe all that sacrifice was for not having undone the work we did. This is going to be a long road. It could be a very lonely road. 
and may not be a road we will finish if we don't learn to build altars along the way. Recognizing the sacred presence in our midst that promised not to abandon us. And it's not just about us, but it's about how we live in the world. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Our faith is not lived out in a vacuum. Our faith is meant to equip us for our very daily lives lived with others. And part of what is going on in our culture is that we have treated what is sacred like it was profane. And it starts with one another. Have you seen these angry videos? going around, and I know the danger of building your reality off of internet videos, but they're not fabricated. Some of them are capturing actual encounters of these people enraged in stores because they've been asked to wear a mask, and so they don't even just politely turn around and leave, but they start to wreck the shelves. I have in my mind an image of this one woman just throwing bread uh, off a rack onto the floor or emptying her cart dismissing it, bread. In a world where thousands and thousands of people die every day of hunger, discarding bread like it was trash, bread, with which Jesus Christ identified as he offered salvation to the world, treating what is sacred as profane, calling the police on people of color for no sound reason. Somebody made in the image of God, treating them as less than, as profane, as disposable, as problem, rather than as sibling, as sacred child of God. We don't have enough altars in the grocery aisles to remind us that this is sacred. For hikers and bikers in Marin, you'll you'll notice these stone pilings you'll see along the trails, little altars. That's a wonderful image for us to imagine going through our paths and building little markers reminding us that it is holy ground on which we stand. Do you remember some years back when there was attention given to Buddhist monks trying to stop these old-growth forests from being cut down? And you know what they did? They ordained the trees, wrapping them in sacred cloths. They made sacred, or more aptly uh, described, they named sacred what was so and was what about to be discarded. And in doing so, they prevented their destruction. That's an image for us. Making altars in the world, actually making altars out of the world, saying this is holy. Because the problem is we don't have enough things that point us to that reality, that point us to God, because we've built a world in which our only reference point is ourselves. That's an affront to me. That's an inconvenience to me. I don't want to do that. That bothers me. But that's not what the world is about. That's not what the life of faith is about. That's certainly not what the wisdom of the God we worship 
is about. I did some of my training at a trauma hospital in an urban area, and the chaplain there referred to it as the gates of heaven. And she did so because that hospital was the last place on earth many people would be before they died. It was a wonderful image. The story of Jacob reminds us that the gates of heaven await us not only at our death, but at our every breath. If we would but take the moment to rest, to put a stone beneath our head, to lie down, to look up, and to open up, we would see that the gates of heaven are right here now. And the angels are here now. And by caring for one another, we just might take care of one of them, unaware. And God is here now. That's the invitation of this passage. Now, do you know what's behind me? M many people would call this the altar up here. Uh, it's not true. But it's an understandable mistake if you've made it. Most churches have altars, but this tradition doesn't have an altar. Well, we have a communion table, and behind that we have, well, a shelf. called the chancel shelf. This is where we put our flowers and our candles. Our forebears decided not to have altars because they didn't see the communion feast as a re-sacrifice of Jesus. They understood it as a celebration as a memory, as a site for sacred presence, and a promise of God's future. But I wonder if we could add to that a simple and important reminder. The world doesn't need more altars in churches. We need more altars in the world. So pull up a stone, string up a hammock, Lie down, look up, build your altar in your backyard, and then move ever farther out. Trust me, it's what the doctor ordered. Amen. the life of Westminster Presbyterian Church continues even despite a pandemic. <laughs> and if you are looking for information about the things that we are up to, the best place to go is wpctiburon.org. Uh, there you'll find all the requisite Zoom links. You'll find all the requisite information about any 
small gatherings that might be taking place. Of course, those things can be in flux as we ride these waves of, of infections. And I will say this as someone who puts together some of those things, uh, it helps a great deal if you RSVP for one of those in-person gatherings earlier than later. Uh, please don't wait until information comes out later. Uh, it's a lot easier for us to know what we are working with if we are to go through with plans rather than uh, having people jump on at the last minute. So uh, I want to encourage you to do that. A couple things that I want to highlight. Number one, something that would be wonderful for many of us to be involved in. Our Outreach Commission has been encouraging us to take this 21-day equity challenge. Uh, we have, I think, woken up, if not already, if you had not already been awake, to racial injustices in our society. Uh, you're, there is a, a podcast, an article, something brief to do each day, and some reflections that will take place at the end of the week. This Sunday is the first of those reflections, so we can't wait to get together with you for that. Secondly, uh, Bethany, Rob, and I spent some time to publish a 30-day devotional series called The Weirdest Summer Ever. Uh, it's particularly geared towards middle and high school students, but I'm sure all of you would enjoy it. Uh, you don't have to uh, do it in a certain amount of time. I've encouraged our teenagers that have told me, oh, it's too, each day is too short. I've said it's the weirdest summer ever. Do seven days in a row if you want. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, it's a really nice uh, reflection tool for what's going on in our society, kind of seeing it through the lens of our faith. Uh, we hope you take advantage of those and all the other things the church is offering. Would you now join me and the singing of our closing hymn, God is Calling Through the Whisper. of earth and angels and the carols of 
And now receive this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God who is Father and Mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day, be with you every day. Amen.